one of the ways that we can think about what we're doing here is we're training the mind, we're learning to train the mind, but we're more than just learning to train the mind, we're actively engaging in the practice. We just practiced uh, for a half hour uh, training the mind. Uh, but even, of course, as we listen, we can continue to uh, participate in this process of training the mind. The primary skill that we use and develop in training the mind is mindfulness, is mindfulness. When we think about mindfulness, it's important to uh, understand what mindfulness is, at least the way the Buddha uh, defines it, because it really in many ways is different from the way uh, it's defined in a lot of uh, modalities in the present day. Uh, Mindfulness is a process, is a skill uh, in which we learn to put our minds where we want to put them. So really, we could say right mindfulness is putting the mind in good places. So mindfulness isn't just, oh, I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that, I'm aware of this. That's awareness. Mindfulness is this is where I want to put my mind. Okay, that's what sati is. It's a process of putting your mind, and right mindfulness is putting your mind where you want to put your mind. So when we practice mindfulness, we're practicing putting our mind in good places. But what do we mean by good places? Putting our mind in places that if we put our minds there, this will lead us away from suffering towards a greater happiness in our lives. So it's a very proactive process of putting the mind where we need to put it in order to find greater happiness in our lives. So this is very important to understand. You can think we're training the mind. We're training the mind to be a certain place, be in a certain place, to be in a good place. As opposed to just letting it run rampant, letting it do what it wants to do, go where it wants to go. And of course, where it's going to go is in its habitual directions, which almost always aren't serving us, almost always aren't uh, leading us towards happiness, right? You think about the pain, minor, major, that you experience today. Think about the suffering, minor, major, that you experience today. Uh, you know, it was, I would say, probably almost completely about the way that you were thinking, right? This is, this is the manifestation of our pain, is, is our thinking. You know, we put our minds uh, into these rivers of thought. So we could say that right mindfulness uh, is to uh, take the mind out of those streams of thought, out of those patterns of thought that are informed by unskillful qualities desire, aversion, delusion, these habitual patterns of thought, uh, to take the mind out of those places, away from these places that aren't, uh, that aren't safe for the mind to be in. 
these places that we sometimes say, these places of danger, these places of aversion, of desire, of delusion, out of this thinking that takes us out of the present moment, this thinking that causes suffering. So we're saying, I'm going to decide where I'm going to put my mind. It's an act of, a proactive act of taking charge of our minds. And the first movement in this uh, process of putting our mind in good places, the Buddha says, is to put the mind in the body. Put the mind in the body. So you could think about uh, mindfulness of the body, right mindfulness being taking our minds out of the head, out of those patterns, those rivers of thought, and bringing the mind into the body. Okay, this is a good place to put the mind. So right mind, we practice mind, right mindfulness, we bring our attention into the body, and uh, we keep the attention in the body. We keep the attention in the body. And the first step in that process, and of course the most important one, because the first step is always the most important one, is to be mindful of the breath. Okay? So we, what we do is we decide to put the attention on the breath, to pick a spot, and to put the mind right there. Okay? So we're training the mind to come out of the head, into the body, and we use the breath okay? as the place in the body to put the mind put our attention. Now, how do we do that? Well, the interesting thing, of course, is how do we do that is we have to use thinking to do that. You know, the step, the process that the Buddha uh, delineates for taking the attention out of the head, out of those patterns of thinking informed by desire and aversion and into the body is called directed thought. It's like we're the director. Instead of just letting the mind run in these patterns these rivers of suffering, we're directing our attention, we are using thought to direct the attention to the breathing. Okay. Now, of course, you know, we need to remember to do that and then we need to keep remembering. So it's really, when we think about directed thought, it's really a process of remembering, remembering, remembering to keep the attention on the breath. And remembering is, we remember by using fabrication, by using thinking. That's how you remember to do something, right? Oh yeah, I've got to uh, remember to pick up milk in the grocery store. You remember to do that. You use your thinking mind, you know, that's maybe a good surface of, I mean, you know, it's like most of us, you know, the ways that we're using thinking that's, that's useful, it's kind of like that kind of stuff. You know, remembering to you know get milk at the grocery store. There's not much else that we're typically using the mind for that's useful. What was that research they did some years ago? Like you know, the average human mind, you know, has sixty-six thousand thoughts a day. For most people, most of them are not useful thoughts. So we're directing our attention, we're using thinking to put the mind on the breath. We're using skillful thinking. You know, so in a meditation, that is very simple. I mean, you know, it's not, 
This is very simple. This is something that everybody can do. I mean, this requires effort, but you know, it's the effort of remembering. It really amounts to, okay, be mindful of the breath. Okay, be mindful of the breath. I mean, you don't necessarily need to use that many words. Maybe you just need to say breath or be mindful. Pay attention to the breath. Maybe it doesn't even, uh, the thinking is non, uh, non-verbal. It isn't articulated as words. But it's a process that you have to keep. I mean, the, the mind is not going to stay on the breath. The mind isn't going to stay on the body unless you tell it to do that. Tell it to do that. It's not just going to stay there. It's not just going to stay there. So if you want it to stay there, you've got to keep telling it to stay there. You know, typically we're like, all right, I'm going to put the mind there, and then it wanders off, and then, all right, oh, it wandered off. i got to bring it back. You know, and that's good. But ultimately, we need to get to the point more so and more so and more so that we're just staying with the breath because we keep reminding ourselves to stay there. Let me stay there. Let me stay there. Let me stay there. So the breath has to be kept in mind. I mean, if you think about anything that you do, you know, uh, you get on the subway, you're you're leaving the class after the class tonight, and you leave, you go out the door, you know, and you live on the Upper West Side, you know, you're just not going to end up there. You know? You're going to guide yourself there. You know? I mean, you may not realize that you're doing it because you've done it 7,000 times before. You're just not going to go there be- because you've done it 7,000 times before. You're going to tell yourself, let me go down into the subway. Let me get on, you know, the one train. And when you're on the one train, you're going to be remembering where you're going. You know, it's like, notice that when you're on the one train going back uptown. The mind knows where, it's, where you're going. You, know, you always have a sense of what direction you're going in and where you're going. Well, it has to be the same thing when you're mindful of the breath. It's often not that way for us, right? We feel a couple of breaths, and then we're just, we completely forget about the breath. And you wouldn't forget about where you're going when you're on, I mean, you, you don't. You may be doing other things, but in the mind, there's a part of the mind that remembers where you're going. If you drive a car, you notice that even more. You get on the Long Island Expressway, headed out to Long Island, you know, you're not going the whole time out there. I'm headed out to Long Island. I'm going to the Hamptons. But the mind knows exactly where you're going. The mind is aware of where you're going the whole time. The whole time. It's got to be the same with the breath. I mean, this is, you know, it's a very simple thing to be mindful of the body, to get the mind out of these rivers of thought into the body, which is the first movement in mindfulness uh, and and. and, and you know, again, the first movement is the most important one. It's a very simple thing to do, but our conditioning is not to do that. And it's, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it requires going through this process and engaging in this process of remembering, 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 remembering to do that. So... The breath has to be kept in mind. This is using skillful thinking. So, you know, the genius of this, of course, is that we're using thinking to put the mind in a good place, uh, but we're also replacing unskillful thinking. 
We're also replacing unskillful thinking. So we're getting the benefits of being with the breath, but we're also uh, you know, learning to train the mind not to think in an unskillful way and to think in a skillful way. Because the mind is going to think. You know, the mind is going to think. You know, there's misconceptions that meditation practice is training ourselves so the mind won't think. Well, for one thing, that's, there's not much benefit in that anywhere. Anyway, second thing is, you know, the mind can be very, very, very powerful for you. If you learn to put it in the right places, it can do a lot of good things. Put it in the wrong places, it's going to cause you a lot of suffering. But the mind is going to think. You know, I mean, you know, the research they're doing nowadays you know, shows that. You know, the mind's default state is thinking. It's not going to stop thinking. It's like an animal that needs food. It's like a car that needs gas to run. It's going to think. So what we do is we give it good food. We give it good things to think about. We tell it, think about the breath. We think about the breath. Let me put my attention on the breath instead of thinking about all those other things. So this is what's going to enable you to stay on the breath is to use the mind and if once you get to the breath, the mind is going to think. Okay, once you get to the breath, oh, I'm going to sit down here, because this is sort of what we you know, have in our minds, is that I'm going to get here, and I'm going to put my mind on the breath, and then I'm going to be there. Yeah? Well, no, it's not going to stay there. It's going to think once you put it there. Now, if you don't train it to think about the breath, it's going to start thinking about your job, your relationships, when you were five years old, when you're going to be 95 years old. I mean, it's going to think once you get it there. So in order to keep it there, you've got to use thinking that's going to enable you to keep it there. And that starts with directed thought. Let me be mindful of the breath. See, that thought, let me be mindful of the breath, mindful of the breath, mindful of the breath, replaces what's on TV afterwards. So that you have a choice. It's like, what's on TV after the class? Are they going to have refreshments tonight? Or mindful of the breath. Mindful of the breath. So we give it this good food, and it's a very proactive process. Mindfulness is a very proactive process. I mean, you know, there's so many topics we can talk about uh, that are really juicy. Uh, this is what's going to bring you happiness in your life. You know, this is the path to happiness. The Buddha said, if you can be mindful of the breath, you can be mindful of the body, you can be mindful of the mind, you can find release from suffering. And it's this very simple process in many ways that we, of course, have to practice. So, really, there's two aspects of this thinking that enable us to put the mind, to take the mind out of the dangerous places, those dangerous rivers of thinking, and into the body and into the breath. And those two kinds of thought are called directed thought and evaluation. So, directed thought, as we just described, is, okay, let me put my mind on the breath, let me stay with 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 the breath 
And then there's evaluation, uh, which is uh, the step in which we evaluate the breath. And again, you know, the Buddha is a genius in this, and, and you know, in his way that he kills two birds with one stone. When we evaluate the breath, we cultivate an easeful breath, a pleasant breath, which enables us to stay with the breath. Uh, but we also replace unskillful thought with skillful thought. So we're, we're cultivating an easeful breath, and we are using thought in a skillful way. We're using thought in a skillful way. So directed thought and evaluation, this is what we do. So we evaluate the breath. We evaluate the breath, which means thinking about the breath. What's the breath like? What's the breath like? What's the breath like? I mean, this is what we teach when we teach breath meditation. We don't usually teach this in the beginner's class. That's why, you know, if you want to move on, if you want to be more than a beginner, you've got to take more than the beginner's class. Most people here have taken the other classes. We talk about a lot of these things on Sunday night. We have to keep practicing with them. Keep practicing with them. This is a process, uh, practicing directed thought and evaluation, that you're not going to master. I mean, my teacher, Tan Jeff, hasn't mastered it. He'll be the first one to tell you. His teacher didn't master it. Ajahn Lee, greatest meditation master in Thailand in the 20th century, didn't master it. Constant process of learning, learning, learning. You know, it's like Tan Jeff's teacher, Ajahn Fuang, used to say, you got to be crazy about the breath, you know? You know, it's like you're going to be spending your time thinking about the breath. You better be, you know, I'm crazy. I'm crazy about the breath. What can I tell you? So in this process of evaluation, we, we, we use the mind to evaluate the breath. What's the breath like? Where in the breath is there disease? Where in the in-breath is there disease? I mean, I'm not teaching this now so much, but sort of giving an overview. Of course, there's some teaching in terms of the steps involved here. And certainly a reminder for those of us who've worked with them. Uh, and, are, and certainly uh, uh, a strong message to those of you who haven't worked with these steps that these need to be worked with if you are going to develop mindfulness of the body, if you are going to be able to get your mind out of those dangerous places and into a place that's good for you. This is what you have to do. This is what the Buddha found. This is what, you, this is what the Buddha says you have to do. This is what we teach. This is what the Buddha says we have to do. So we evaluate the breath. What's the breath like? Where in the in-breath is there disease? Where in the out-breath is there disease? Where in the in-breath is there ease? Where in the out-breath? Is there ease? What's the breath like? What's the quality of the breath? Is it rough, smooth, fast, slow, etc.? It all comes down to suffering and the end of suffering, dis-ease and ease. Dis-ease and ease. So the first part of evaluation is we just look at the breath, and the second part is we begin to cultivate an easeful breath. And we cultivate an easeful breath the way that we cultivate anything by putting our attention on it. So we focus on the ease. Okay, let me focus on the ease. Let me allow this easeful quality to permeate the breathing. Okay, what can I do? How can I breathe? What's the best way for me to breathe right now that's going to be easeful, that's going to allow this easeful quality to permeate the breath? And we have to use that kind of skillful fabrication in order to develop the easeful breath. So we, we use skillful fabrication to evaluate the breath and then to cultivate the breath and to allow the breath to, the easeful breath to unfold. We don't make the easeful breath. 
you know, we just allow it to unfold. We allow it to unfold. It's like we don't allow, we don't make the sun shine through the window, but we say, well, what can I do to help the sun shine through the window? Well, maybe I need to wash the glass. Maybe I need to pull the shade down. Maybe I need to part the drapes, whatever it is. So the cause of evaluation, when we practice this step of evaluation, this leads to a quality of ease, pleasure. The breath becomes easeful, pleasurable. We cultivate an easeful and a pleasant breath. In order for us to be able to stay with the breath, the breath has to be pleasant. And the more pleasant the breath is, the more likely we're going to be to stay with it. I mean, that just makes sense, right? That just makes sense. And uh, this is integral to the practice. You know, and of course it, it, it develops from there. The breath conditions the body. So as the breath becomes more easeful, the body begins to feel easeful. This is what the Buddha also knew, was the breath conditions the body. So the easeful breath leads to the easeful body, and then we cultivate this easeful quality, this breath energy. You know, the Thais believe the, end, the breath, you feel it throughout the body, that the whole body breathes. You could think about it as just energy. But we cultivate this breath energy, this easeful flow of breath throughout the body until the whole body is breathing, and we have this pleasant abiding in the breath and the body. When we reach this stage, we're able to stay with the breath and the body. Then it's like, who cares about my job? I don't care about work. I'm happy to be right here. I'm happy to be right here. And again, to the degree to which we cultivate this easeful abiding, that's the degree to which we're going to be able to keep our awareness with the breath and with the body. The more we develop this ease, the more likely will be to be able to stay in the body. This is what the Buddha discovered. And this is what the Buddha discovered. This is where Buddhism becomes Buddhism because you know, he wasn't taught this. He was taught put the mind on the breath but not cultivate an easeful breath. They thought that was bad. You shouldn't feel that kind of pleasure. And what he realized was that he couldn't stay with the breath, particularly once he got out there into the world and he was tempted by all different kinds of sense pleasures that he needed the breath to be pleasant in order for him to be able to maintain an awareness of it and not get pulled away by other things. That this quality of being present, of being in the body, was necessarily accompanied by this quality of ease and pleasure. All along, he had been told that it was not true. And then he said, well, what, what, what am I afraid of here? This is a wholesome pleasure. It's a pleasure that is allowing me to stay in the body, allowing me not to get caught in thinking, allowing me not to get pulled away by different uh, aspects of desire and aversion. So this is how we keep our awareness, put our awareness and keep our awareness in the body. We practice directed thought, we use the mind to direct the attention to the body, and then we use the mind to cultivate an easeful abiding in the body, a place where the mind is happy to rest. It's like, I mean, it's 
human nature, right? We just, we want to be able to rest in a place that's easeful. I mean, who wants to put the mind in a place that's painful? It's like, you know, when I learned to meditate, they said, just put your mind on the breath at one place and for the next 10 years, be mindful of that place. And I said, well, I'm going to use the belly. Well, you know, during that 10 years, sometimes I had a horrible stomach ache. Sometimes I had cramps in my stomach. All right, well, I'm a good student. I'm going to keep putting... It's like, no wonder why I could never develop concentration. Once I learned to develop an easeful breath and a pleasant abiding in the, in the body, then I started to develop concentration. Once I started to develop concentration, then I was able to open up to my experience. I was able to have enough space where I was able to look at my experience and be able to take actions that were skillful and in my best interests. So this is how we develop mindfulness of the body and the ability to stay in the body. It's essential to the path, to the Buddha's path. I mean, this is the Buddha's path. This is what the Buddha did. You know, and if we want to benefit from the path, we follow these instructions. And this is something we can do. This is something that everybody can do. This is something that everybody can do. I've been teaching this for many years, and I haven't met anybody who can't do it. We can all do this, and we can all learn to know a greater happiness in our lives.